Welcome to Behind the Headlines, the weekly SiliconGanews.com podcast, bringing you conversations behind the stories we tell and report. I am your host, news and sports reporter and content manager, Hannah Hammonds, alongside my co-host, Radio Alabama brand manager, Darden Walton. Darden, how are you doing today? I can't complain, Hannah. How about you? I'm doing great, and I am so excited that we're here today recording our second episode of this podcast. It really is incredibly exciting. I love it. We have a lot of exciting news coming up today, so we cannot wait to share that with you. You can watch our video podcast weekly on siliconganews.com, Mix 106.5, and Kicks 100.3 Facebook pages. Listen on air and find the podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you like to listen. Coming up later, we have a very special guest, Executive Vice President of Radio Alabama, Michael Brandon, and we are doing something a little bit different today, and we're going to be talking about news from around Silicaga and around the state of Alabama. second episode and we are so excited to be talking with you guys today about things going on around the state of Alabama and in Sylacauga. I couldn't be more excited to be honest with you. (laughs) You can watch our video podcast weekly on siliconganews.com, Mix 106.5 and Kicks 100.3 Facebook pages. Listen on air and find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio or wherever you like to listen. Um, just last week, there was a body found in the Ray community in Coosa County, and that body has been identified as 36-year-old Bradley Sanford of Alexander City. Um, he was found on Fish Pond Road last Sunday. That's very sad, and that's something that we are seeing happen more and more often in Coosa County, and that's quite concerning. Yeah, nobody likes to see that, especially so close to where we live. And speaking of tragic news. Um, Hurricane Sally was a category two hurricane that hit South Alabama just last week. Um, And a lot of people in our state was affected by it. Oh, it was absolutely devastating. I know I've got family in Florida that had a really hard time getting power back. Some of them just got power back yesterday. So that was absolutely awful for the community. And I know it was really scary. Very scary. Um, And I mean, you personally haven't really lived through many severe like catastrophic weather but I mean this is one that we can say that we remember oh absolutely I have faint memories of Hurricane Ivan and that's about the last one that I think I can remember very clearly but that was a wild ride Uh, tell us a little bit about that hurricane and what you experienced through that so uh, growing up I live about 30 feet from my grandmother's house and my parents and I decided to go to my grandmother's house to watch the storm on the porch because we're from Alabama and that's what we do here and walking across the street to my grandmother's house I had my feet being picked up off the ground just a little bit I was very young at the time didn't weigh a lot the wind was so strong it was just picking me up as we were walking across the street to get to my grandmother's house and then we sat on the front porch and just watched the storm it was absolutely insane, but it's definitely something that I'll never forget. Wow, that is that is insane. Um, but here's a little bit of good news coming out of the hurricane. AT&T is donating $100,000 to the Governor's Emergency Relief Fund for people who have been affected by Hurricane Sally. 
That's amazing. I love that community support. Oh, so do I. This is this is going to help the people in those communities with their unmet needs um, after they have um, experienced this this tragedy. And the governor's emergency relief fund was founded or created after Hurricane Ivan and Hurricane Katrina. So yeah, it was obviously very much needed. I know that AT and T had also. Uh, taken a little bit of pressure off of their customers that were affected by the storm by giving them unlimited talk and text and data so that they didn't have to worry about communication during that time, especially if they couldn't pay their bill. And I think that's amazing. That is truly amazing. Um, Life South is also seeking donors um, because Hurricane Sally um, had a huge impact on blood drives around South Alabama and the state of Alabama, um, which limits our blood supply for our hospitals. And it is super important for them to have that blood supply ready for when we need it. It's definitely something that we often forget about, that in the midst of these natural disasters, what we need a lot of the time is blood. And so many people are able to give it and donate it. So yes, Life South is asking for donations. They're also asking for donations and doing COVID-19 antibody tests right now. So they're looking into people who potentially have had and recovered from COVID-19 to do an investigative measure and potentially use those platelets to help heal others who are struggling with that right now. I think that's something that we need right now, um, just to try and get past this COVID-19. Anything that can help will help. So that would be great. For sure. And I read somewhere where it said that donors must be 17 years of age um, and weigh a minimum of 110 pounds. Um, If you're 16 years old, you must have parental permission. Um, So go to a Life South blood drive and donate your platelets and your blood. Um, All blood types are needed, especially O. So um, help any way you can. We do have or had an exciting guest earlier this week in Sylacauga. And I know I, as an Auburn graduate myself, was over the moon to hear that we had this guest in the city. See, being a Bama fan, it's kind of hard to like <laughs> accept the fact that he was here, but I, I love it. He was here for a good cause. A, a great cause. So Tommy Tuberville was here on Wednesday night at 6.30 at Harvey's on Noble. That's, I know I enjoyed that event personally. I Myself, I went and I loved it. Of course, of course I did, but it was great. He was here for a good cause, a fundraising for his campaign. We also have some other exciting news coming out of this. Uh, Dr. Lee at Childersburg High School has another viral video that was just released earlier this week. So it's called Germ Busters. So (laughs) it has to do with COVID-19 again. But if you would like to check out that video, uh, head on over to SelicogaNews.com because we have that video posted for you. I love the term viral, especially when used in conjunction with COVID-19. Talking about that video going viral with COVID-19, it's just... A nice little play on words, I think. But he's doing a great job bringing his students and community members into fighting the spread of COVID-19. Oh, for sure. And I know last time he had a viral video, it was the Can't Touch This. And it was right before school started, and it made national news. It did. All the way up in New York. And I thought that was absolutely insane. But it got a lot of attention. It was there, It was very well done. And very funny. <laughs> He definitely taught us the importance of social distancing when returning back to um, school and in the classrooms. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening and watching Behind the Headlines, the weekly SiliconGanews.com podcast, bringing you conversations behind the stories we tell and report. You can watch our video podcast weekly on SiliconGanews.com, Mix 106.5, and Kicks 100.3 Facebook pages. Listen on air and find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you like to listen. We'll be back in a minute with a special guest. Behind the headlines, we are here with our guest today, Executive Vice President of Radio Alabama, Michael Brennan. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm good, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited to have you here today talking with us about what we do here at Radio Alabama. Yeah. We're not just saying that because you are our boss or anything. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. There's no preferential <laughs> treatment here, but uh, no, I appreciate uh, I appreciate being uh, your second guest. I'm wondering why I wasn't the first guest, but that's okay. I'm I gonna mean, give you. I'm gonna let it let it go for this. The time. Queen of Christmas. Laura Michael Strickland was, was a great guest. She was yeah. a great guest. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, uh, goodness, where to begin? Um, I'm not originally from Sylacauga. I'm from the Port City, uh, Mobile, uh, the birthplace birthplace of Mardi Gras, which many people might not know. Uh, people claim New Orleans as such. Actually, interesting aside, I'm gonna go on a one-off for just a second. The mayor of New Orleans actually has to write a letter to the mayor of Mobile every year to ask him if they can have Mardi Gras. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yes. What power. Yes. So, just just saying. <laughs> exciting. Anyway, um, enough of that. Mo- back to the exciting stuff about me. Um, no, so uh, born in Mobile, born and raised, um, went to uh, Mobile Christian School, graduated from the University of South Alabama, um, uh, majored in, in broadcast journalism. Uh, started out working, interning at CNN and in, uh, in in Atlanta at CNN International. Then I came back and interned at the NBC affiliate in Mobile, where I then gained an on-air position. That on-air position became something that was uh, of notoriety, and the Fox affiliate in town said, "Hey, we want to talk to you." And so I went over to the Fox affiliate across town and uh, was there for uh, for nearly four years, and that was where I. Uh, started as a general assignment news reporter, and then I went into um, sports. So I anchored the news, also anchored sports, did a little bit of everything, have interviewed everybody from, you know, uh, at the time, Governor Bentley to um, Nick Saban and Gus Malzahn, um, and uh, met several notable people along the way. And it's been a very exciting time. And in 2016, I came up here, I had an opportunity that I just couldn't pass up, and uh have it's been fantastic ever since we we started when I got here with uh, with three radio stations in a fourteen hundred square foot building, and now we have eight radio stations in a fourteen thousand square foot building uh, in downtown Sylacauga. There's nothing like it, and I'm super excited to be here and uh, and see what we've been able to do in the past four years. And we have an incredible staff that we have, you included, Terry behind the camera. Um, all of the people that make this work behind the scenes, it has been an absolute blessing to be here and see this come to fruition. 
So that's my that's my journey in a nutshell. While we're talking a little bit about your journey, we know you've been in three movies. That's correct. Two with Nicolas Cage, if I'm correct. That is correct. Can you tell us a little bit how about how you got into that and what those experiences sure. were like? Yeah. So um, back in, I guess that was 2014 was the first time um, I went into my editorial, my morning editorial meeting at Fox 10. And on the way into work that morning, I was listening to the radio and one of the local radio stations there kind of had a, a rundown of what was happening that day in the city. And one thing that they were talking about was a movie uh, audition in downtown Mobile. So I went into my editorial meeting, pitched the story. They said, okay, go cover it. I went down to cover it. And the the people that were lined up to audition for this movie were just around a block of, I mean, it was like line of people. So I was getting some man on the street interviews and was causing a bit of a commotion with everybody wanting to be on camera. And the unit production manager of the film came out and she said, uh, hey, if you come back at two o'clock today, the the producer of the film will interview you. you. You can get an interview with the with the producer. I said, okay, great. So we went, we came back, and as I was standing in the lobby to interview the producer, I look on the wall, and there were all these pictures of the people that already were cast in the film. So there was Nicolas Cage and Danny Glover and their role underneath their, their headshot. Well, there was one that just had reporter, the role of reporter, but it didn't have a, a headshot. So I told my photographer who was next to me, I said, I'm going to get that role. Like I was super confident. I said, I'm going to get that role. (laughs) So flashback for just a second, about three years prior, I was in New Orleans and I was walking past Cafe Du Monde and great beignets, by the way, and out walks Nicolas Cage. And I turned around to my parents who my mom had her camera and I looked at her and I said, hey, can you grab the camera? It's Nicolas Cage. I'm going to get a picture with I, I cannot make this up. I, I grabbed Nick. I said, how about a picture? He said, okay. Grabbed the picture, took the picture. At about that time, the people on the street were like, oh my gosh, that's Nicolas Cage. Then he walked across the street behind a bus, disappeared. It was like a scene out of a movie. So flashback to present day. I'm in there working with the producer on this interview. I get the interview with him. After the interview is done, I say, hey, Mr. Producer Man, I see that you've got a role for the reporter doesn't look like it's filled yet. I know Nick. So I took out the picture and I showed him the picture from a few years back and he thought that was pretty cool. And so um, he said, Hey, you did a great job of the interview. If you can get me some cameras and some camera guys and the live trucks and everything, you've got the role. And so uh, that's where it started from. So that was rage. Um, Then uh, the next year they came back with Robert De Niro film heist. Um, the first one, in Rage, I was a news reporter. The second one, in Heist, I was also a news reporter. And then uh, they also came back again at, for USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage, where they also cast me as a news reporter. So I think I'm just typecast all around, but it is what it is. <laughs> but it was the same, essentially, production crew. It's just, in any business, you know the you know the movers and shakers in your industry. And it was the same people that came back to film those movies in, in Mobile, so they kept asking. So I said, okay. That is awesome. I know. I have never been in a movie. Neither have I. We're in here with a superstar. I don't know about that, but thank you. (laughs) Um, What kind of made you want to pursue a career in broadcasting? Ever since I was a kid, uh, you know, I always would watch the news and would see, you know, at the time in Mobile, uh, Bob Gripp was an influential figure in, in Mobile. 
And he was always the person that I would watch on TV, uh, our local news anchor, who I had the opportunity to work with actually at Fox 10. Um, and I always saw what he did and I always thought, yeah, that was really neat. But then when I got older, I realized there's a lot more to it than be just being on television. And if you get into the business, I tell people all this all the time. If you get into the business to be on television, you've gotten into it for the wrong reasons. There's a difference between being on it for fame and then there's a difference between on it uh, to be on it for what the purpose of it that it should be serving. And so I, uh, I really evaluated that, and it was really a no-brainer. I knew that I wanted to be on TV, but at the same time, I really knew that I wanted to be able to tell stories, make a difference, give a voice to the unheard, and um, being able to go to school for that and study it and then actually fine-tune that craft in the real world was something that I'm super proud of to be able to do that at two different uh, local TV stations, to intern at a, at a worldwide news organization. Um, those are really incredible things to be able to, to do. For me personally, uh, if, if I can you know, be proud of myself for that, that is, that's something that I've, I've been, a comp, uh, been, been proud of. What is your favorite type of story to tell? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say you know, for if, if, you want, if you want a layup, answer something that really tells itself you know uh you know the big news at the city council meeting or um you know uh, uh, a world series victory of some you know some type of stature of that nature my favorite ones really to tell though are the ones that take a little bit of digging and a little bit of time those are the ones when you see it come to fruition and it's being told and people react to it you know you've put in the effort the time, you've interviewed the right people, you've vetted it all through, and when the, the, what the, whatever the reaction is, whether it's good, bad, ugly, you know that you have put your best foot forward in doing that. And there has to be an, an, an objectivity to what you're doing to be able to make sure that you tell that story for it to come across clearly. So that's extremely important. I know you tend to wear a lot of hats at Radio Alabama, of the things that you do, what would you say is your favorite? Talking to you two right now. <laughs> um, I mean, it, that's that's a good question. Uh, I'm an on-air guy. I love being on the air, and I yeah, I am on the air. Um, I do mornings on Mix 106.5 and mornings also on AU100, which is our Auburn station. Uh, so I'm pulling double duty there, which is a lot different than being on TV and being a journalist. You know, being a, an on-air personality is totally different than being a journalist. Other than that, being able to kind of call the shots and kind of, uh, and, you know, kind of look at it from a 30,000-foot perspective and say, hey, you know, I think we should maybe do this or, you know, I think we should maybe launch a podcast with Hannah and Darden uh, and talk about local news. Um, those are the types of things that I like to be able to have my hands in that I, I wasn't afforded to be able to do prior to me coming up here. Um, and that's not for any other reason other than I just wasn't in the position to do that. So being able to have those types of avenues to play in is really, really exciting. I know in the beginning you were more of a TV guy. What kind of pushed you to the radio side of the industry? I think you'll see and find that most anybody who has worked in any type of local broadcasting uh, has done both. There has been a time at some point where they've either interned or they have uh, held a job on air, behind the scenes, something in some type of video, TV, slash radio, audio production. 
And so when the opportunity uh, was presented to me by Lee Perryman, our owner, um, it was something that I just said, you know what? That sounds like something that is, is, is challenging. It'll be able to exercise some muscles I've never been able to exercise before, and uh, it, it'll be a challenge. And there's no bones about it. It has been a challenge. I mean, it's still it's a challenge every day, and I don't think that there is uh, any easy job. If your job is too easy, you're probably not doing something right. There's always, in my headspace, if there's a challenge ahead of you, that means that there's a problem that can be solved. And uh, with a with a concerted effort from me and the team, those things can be accomplished. And so um, looking at it from that perspective, that's, that's kind of why I, I wanted to be here. I saw a great opportunity. I know it's been a huge shift, obviously, in the workplace. How has being in Silicaga differed from your previous living in Mobile? When I was living in Mobile, I mean, well... First off, the city is totally different. I mean, Sylacauga is uh, much smaller. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, of course, in Mobile, since I had lived there for all of my life up until I moved up here, it feels like I knew everybody down there as well, and even people knew me, and that was not naturally because I was on television. Um, I still go home now, and people are like, hey, we, I, see, I saw you on Sunday night anchoring the news. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. You haven't seen me in four years, but I appreciate you. Thank you for watching. I mean, that means that I made an impact on somebody's life, and uh, that's flattering. It really is. It's humbling. Um, but, yeah, the difference between it, um, it, it's a different market. Uh, there are different priorities, it feels like, when you come to a smaller market. Um, things that might not be as magnified in a bigger city are huge in a small town or in a small city. And uh, I've at times said, you know, is this important? Is it really important? And, yeah, it really is in, in a large scheme of, of things. It really is important to the people that are here. So um, those are some of the, big, the biggest differences, I would say. I know here at Radio Alabama we do a lot of things, and we have a lot of exciting things coming in the future. Can you talk a little bit about those things? We do. We have uh, we have a lot of big things coming up. Um, you know, t- uh, notably some of the things that we have just recently done. Uh, we just flipped two stations, so we flipped uh, the old Yay one hundred six point five to Mix one hundred six point five, same frequency, but we flipped the music format, so we we advanced it about forty years, uh, which has been great. Then we also flipped um, 98.3 Fox FM to Fox Sports Central Alabama. Um, People were saying, well, why are you flipping those two stations? And uh, most importantly, why are you bringing that that format to Sylacauga? We already had that format. We had it on 98.3 Fox FM. And so when we said, hey, we want an all-sports station, we just said it's a natural fit to be able to move it right on over. So those are some of the things. We're getting more into um, digital video content. Of course, what you see and hear here right now on Behind the Headlines. This is a an audio and video podcast, so you'll be able to watch it online. Um, those are some of the some of the things uh, we have. Uh, great partnerships with our schools, with our sports broadcasting teams. Uh, those are some things that we're fine tuning and working on as well. And um, some other big announcements down the way. So we're really looking forward to uh, to, to growing the the brand. Uh, with thanks to both of you being able to contribute uh, on the brand side and the content side and uh, being able to grow our awareness of what we're doing and who we're communicating with. It's, it's extremely important for us to be able to, to be a major player in that role. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening and watching Behind the Headlines, the weekly SilicogaNews.com podcast, bringing you conversations behind the stories we tell and report. You can watch our video podcast weekly on SilicogaNews.com, Mix 106.5, and Kicks 100.3 Facebook pages. Listen on air and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you like to listen. We'll be back in a minute. We are still here with Michael Brannon, Executive Vice President of Radio Alabama. Um, earlier, we talked a little bit about some news around Sylacauga and the state of Alabama. And Michael, we have one last question for you before we um, end this episode for today. How can people find us on social media? Well, you can. Uh, social media isn't the only way, but it's one of the ways that you can find us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all of those platforms. All of our station pages have uh, have Facebook pages that you can engage with us on. All of our stations, you can visit our website. Uh, the easiest one for the sake of being able to see all of our brands is RadioAlabama.net. RadioAlabama.net. You can check out everything that we have on there all of our stations, where to listen, how to listen. If you are in the car and you want to listen to any of our stations across the area throughout East Central Alabama, you can listen uh, not only just on the air, but you can also listen on our official apps. You can download them. They're available in the App Store or Google Play if you have an iOS or Android device. Uh, You can also uh, find us on TuneIn. You can enable the Radio Alabama Alexa skill. Uh, You can also uh, listen to us on iHeartRadio. and then also the online stream as well. Some people have asked me before, why are you in so many places? Wouldn't you just want in, in, the, in the world of, of being in radio and having a brand, wouldn't you want people to just consume your media through you? No, that, that, that it's, it's a very simple answer. As long as they're consuming the media, I don't care where it's coming from. We want to be in every possible touch point imaginable for the end user to be able to consume our media. So if we can be in multiple places at one time, that's that's what we are all about. Um, that's on the music side, on the silicoganews.com side. Silicoganews.com, of course, is our uh, website. And uh, you can check us out there. And then on our sports side, radioalabamasports.net. That is also a, a great feature. And we just recently launched the Radio Alabama Roku channel. So you can check us out on Roku. You can see some of the video content that we're producing. It's all a lot of fun. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being here and recording with us today. And thank you for watching and listening to Behind the Headlines, the weekly SilicogaNews.com podcast, bringing you conversations behind the stories we tell and report. Don't forget to watch our video podcast weekly on SilicogaNews.com, Mix 106.5, and Kicks 100.3 Facebook pages. Listen on air and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Google Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you like to listen. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and share with your friends. To contribute to stories, suggest future guests, or report news, email news at silicogamoose.com. From my co-host and I, Darden Walton, I'm Hannah Hammonds. Thank you for joining us and see you next week. <laughs>